It is in Christ alone that our hope is found. This Easter morning and every morning when we wake up as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a hope that is living because Jesus is alive. The Apostle Peter described the hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ and from believing His resurrection as our inheritance, as a living hope in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to turn right there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. As I preach to you on this Easter morning about our inheritance in Christ. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. These verses will also be on the screen behind me. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, you can follow along there. I still hear some pages turning, so I'm going to give you guys just a minute. Our inheritance in Christ, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Listen to the word of the Lord. The Bible says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What beautiful words those are, reminding us of our inheritance in Christ, of the living hope that we have in Him. I want to ask you to focus your attention this morning on verse 4 as I share with you the main idea of this message. If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we have an inheritance reserved in heaven. If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we have an inheritance reserved in heaven. I want to share with you about this inheritance using an old preacher's outline of this passage. We may think of inheritance as a property that's handed down from a father to a son upon the death of the father. We may think of it as an estate that is dispersed by an elderly patriarch or matriarch in the family to their beloved ones, a younger generation, so that they can wisely steward it for the well-being of themselves and for others who come after them. In these Bible verses, we use the analogy of an earthly inheritance to help us understand our spiritual inheritance the eternal inheritance that we have in Christ. One preacher put it like this, add up all of the things in your life that money cannot take away, that time cannot decay, and that death cannot take away. And you have your spiritual inheritance. What money cannot buy, what time cannot decay, 
and what death cannot take away. The NIV translates verse 4 like this, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Let's look together in more detail at these three descriptions of our inheritance in Christ that are found in verse 4 so that we can discover why this inheritance is so great. First, I want you to note this. Our inheritance in Christ is untouched by death. Our inheritance in Christ is untouched by death. The first word used to describe our inheritance in the New King James Version is the word incorruptible, which means imperishable, not corruptible or not liable to pass away. One of the chief ideas communicated by this description is something that may not be stolen away by an invading enemy. In the times of the Bible, a land could be ravaged by an invading army. Goods and property stolen and never returned. This is not unlike today. Now take the war in Ukraine as an example. Russia has come in and ravaged farmlands, houses, homes, businesses, industries, and family inheritances. Here on this earth, Jesus instructed his disciples not to store up treasures on earth where thieves break in and steal. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. The fact of the matter is that there is an enemy that steals every earthly possession of every individual. That enemy is not an army that marches around in flesh and blood to steal our physical possessions. That enemy is death. No one can escape or evade it. Death is a certainty. It's interesting to note that it's only by someone's death that an earthly inheritance is obtained. Some people may pass on their things to their loved ones before they die, but really it's either upon their death or upon their realizing that death is coming soon that you receive what they promised to you. Dad dies and you get X. Grandmother passes away and you receive Y. Aunt so-and-so leaves this world and leaves Z to you. But no matter how much you receive from them, and no matter how well you steward what is given to you, you won't get to keep it forever. Because death will come for you just as it came for them. But here's what's so great about our spiritual and eternal inheritance. I want you to notice in verse 3. How did Peter say we get our inheritance in Christ? Is it when we die? Is it when he died? Christ died on the cross for our sins, no doubt. But our inheritance in Christ does not come through death. It comes through his resurrection from the dead. This is why the Christian's inheritance is so much better. Our inheritance in Christ doesn't come through death. It comes through resurrection. Read with me again in verse 3. The Bible says, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We have a living hope because Jesus is alive. We didn't get our inheritance because somebody died and we're never going to see him again. We got our inheritance because Christ is alive and we are going to see him again. If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we have an inheritance reserved in heaven that is untouched by death because Jesus defeated death when he rose again from the dead. An earthly inheritance you receive sorrowfully from the death of someone you loved and someone who loved you. But an eternal inheritance in Jesus you receive joyfully through his resurrection from the grave. Because Jesus is alive, you have a living hope untouched by death. Not only is our inheritance untouched by death, but I want you to see this. Our inheritance in Christ is unstained by evil. The second word in the New King James Version that describes our inheritance in Christ is the word undefiled. The idea being that it is unstained by evil. Maybe you've heard stories of the rich and famous who have made millions and handed down to their children an inheritance. And perhaps they've made their millions through business dealings and ventures that were something other than hard work, honesty, and honorable endeavors. Recently, King Charles of England authorized an investigation into the royal family's connection to the slave trade a couple centuries ago. Before this item hit the news, there were even some major questions on King Charles even inheriting the throne in the first place because of his own moral failings, right? The legacy of someone even with a great position, prestige, and power comes into question when the way that they obtain their wealth is questionable or when their character and reputation as one who receives the inheritance is questionable. The Christian's inheritance, however, is not questionable because it is based upon the character of a holy God. God has not obtained the inheritance He bestows to us through evil schemes, but through the righteous sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died in our place on the cross. He bore our sins. The one who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. We don't have an inheritance that was obtained through some evil scheme. And I also want you to note this. We, in Christ, do not receive an inheritance so that we can spend it in some way other than in godliness. I want you to notice in the beginning of verse 5. 
that the spiritual inheritance that the Lord gives to us is unstained by evil, not because of what we do for God, but because of what He does for us. Our inheritance is not reserved in heaven because we are such great people, but because God is such a great God that He keeps us by His own power. Look there in verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. Your inheritance in Christ is not based upon what you do. It is based upon what Christ has done for you and upon how God still keeps you by that same power by which he first saved you. You understand that? I mean, those are the two big things that make us question inheritance and wealth in this world, right? Either so-and-so obtained this mass amount of wealth by evil means, which we know God didn't do, or so-and-so does not deserve to receive the inheritance handed down to them because they are a rotten, spoiled brat and they're going to waste it. But in Christ... We're not saved from our sins so that we can live in sin however we want to. We're saved from our sins and kept by the power of God to live as holy saints in His eyes. Many people look at those who call themselves Christians and wonder how in the world such sinners could inherit such blessings. The answer to that question is simply this. When we come to Jesus in saving faith, we are reborn. We are regenerated. We are redeemed. We are begotten again, as Peter says in verse 3, to a living hope. We receive our inheritance not because we are worthy as sinners, but because we are redeemed as saints. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 12, the apostle Paul put it this way. In him... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we have an inheritance reserved in heaven that is unstained by evil. Not only is our inheritance untouched by death and unstained by evil, I also want you to notice this. Our inheritance in Christ is unimpaired by time. Our inheritance in Christ is unimpaired by time. The third phrase that underscores our inheritance in the New King James Version is this. An inheritance that does not fade away. Other translations simply say that is unfading. 
The word was used of flowers. And it suggests a supernatural beauty that time itself does not impair. In fact, Peter uses this same expression later on in his letter. If you're there in the Bible, you can just flip over maybe a page, or it may even be on the bottom of the page. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. Peter wrote this, quoting from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls away or fades away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. He uses it again over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. When talking to pastors serving the Lord, he admonishes them to take care of the flock as God's called them to. And in verse 4 he says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. What is he getting at? What is he talking about? An inheritance that does not fade away. Perhaps I can put it into a vivid picture for you. Just a few days ago, I helped bury one of our beloved church members here at First Baptist in Walnut Ridge. He knew the Lord and he's with the Lord in heaven now because Jesus died for his sins and rose again from the dead. And he believed it. Amen. I mean, that's our living hope. And as we're there at the graveside for the funeral service, I did something that I usually do at funeral services. I've done about 90 funerals now. And I'll have that little flower pinned on my lapel, on my coat. And I'll unpin the flower and I'll stick it there atop the the casket when the service is over with. And I can't help but think of what happens to all of those beautiful flowers. Not just the ones that I wear on my coat, but the the arrangements that are put on the top of the casket and the, the flowers that friends and family send to honor loved ones who have passed away. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, people spend hundreds of dollars just providing these ornate arrangements really to say we we love you we loved him we loved her we're praying for you guys as you go through this difficult time and even as wonderful as those expressions of love are to those families what happens to those cut flower arrangements what happens to them they fade away don't they color goes out. They wither. They fade away. After the service, after I'd placed my flower on the casket and after the casket was placed in the ground, before I left the cemetery in Jonesboro, I walked down the way just a little bit to go and see the graveside of the last church member that I had helped to bury in that cemetery. And I remember that even after her service that day, it was a really cold and windy day, so instead of taking my flower off and putting it on top of the casket, I had placed it into the the vault so that it wouldn't blow away. 
And there, as grass had grown over that tomb that was closed, where her body had been laid to rest, I couldn't help but think of that flower that I had thrown into that vault. It might be pressed, but it's a flower. The flower fades. But here's what's so wonderful about our inheritance in Christ. If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we have an inheritance that is not impaired by time. One day, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth, as Peter says later on in verse 5, that salvation that is ready to be revealed at that last time. Those individuals in that cemetery in Jonesboro who trusted in the Lord Jesus and those folks who believed in the Lord Jesus that are buried here in Lawrence Memorial Cemetery, one day their bodies are going to come back up out of their tombs. As the Lord Jesus descends in his power and glory, their bodies are going to be reunited with their spirits and they are going to receive a new glorified body that will not fade away. And those who are in Christ are going to receive the unfading crown of glory that even though the flowers that were placed on their casket have decayed and withered away. And even though their remains have faded, their inheritance, their inheritance will be bright and glorious. I cannot wait for that day when the Lord Jesus himself descends from heaven with a shout and all of us in Christ are caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet him in the air. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. Our inheritance in Christ is unimpaired by time. Because Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. And forever he is risen. Did you pay attention to some of the lyrics that we sang earlier? Forever. He is glorified. Not just on Easter Sunday. Forever He is lifted high. Not someday just far off in the distant future. But here and now today. Even as some of you still grieve and mourn. The Lord Jesus is lifted high. Forever He is risen Let's try it again. You guys remember what to say? Forever he is risen. He is risen Jesus Christ is alive. If you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, there is an inheritance in heaven reserved for you. And it is an inheritance that is untouched by death that's unstained by evil, and that is unimpaired by time. But listen to me. That inheritance is for those who believe. 
Notice that Peter says in verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Through faith. You may have this eternal inheritance, but in order to have the eternal inheritance, you must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that He was buried, and that He rose again. Do not let this Easter Sunday pass you by without truly asking yourself whether or not you have truly believed that Jesus died for you and rose again. Listen to me. It is that simple and it is that important. Jesus Christ wants to forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will receive an eternal inheritance in Christ. My hope and prayer today is that if you don't have an eternal inheritance reserved for you in heaven, that you would come in faith to Christ today. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. In just a moment, there's a song of invitation that we'll sing. As we've opened God's Word today, as you've opened your ears to hear it, as you've opened your heart to receive His truth, I'm going to ask you now to respond to the Lord as He's spoken to you today. Reality is, there may be some of you sitting in these pews who have heard the Easter story countless times, but you have never actually placed your faith in Jesus Christ. We're not here today just so you can look good, look handsome and look pretty in your outfits. And listen, church, you, you do. You look great on the outside today. But just because you look great on the outside doesn't mean your heart has truly believed in Jesus. You might look like one of those whitewashed tombs in the New Testament, pretty on the outside, but inside full of dead man's bones. Would you choose today to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again? Would you give your life to Him as Lord so you can receive eternal life in His name? There are others of you who are sitting here today and you believed in Jesus Christ. You truly and totally trusted Him some time ago in your life. But as I've been preaching this morning, your heart's been heavy because there's somebody that you know and love that's not sitting next to you in the pew this morning because they're already in heaven with Him. And if that's you, it may have been a recent death. It may have been something that happened months or years ago. I want to remind you today that you and I have a living hope. And that because Jesus is alive, 
If your mother or your husband or your grandson trusted in Jesus, they are with Him forever. Because forever He is risen. And maybe you just need to grab on to that truth and let it grab hold of you this morning.